Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. Um, I invite you now to open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. That can be found on page 1822 in uh, your Bibles in the pews. Um, as you're finding your way to Ephesians 5, I just want to open with uh, recognition. I, I was going through uh, some statistics uh, around uh, the use of technology, and one thing that really stood out to me um, was someone was noting that in, in Christian households compared to non-Christian households, uh, on average, there was more conversations happening around technology, which was good, um, but when it came down to actual practices, uh, how many times you're picking up your phone, uh, how many hours behind a screen, whether it's a computer or, or TV, uh, the numbers ended up evening out quite a bit, that it was pretty similar between the two. Uh, and there was kind of a lament towards that, that in our, our push towards the life that is truly life, uh, that we um, haven't always taken on that, that challenge. And there's a recognition in there um, that it can be hard uh, to be different, um, but that um, like, it can be hard uh, not to turn to the distractions as soon as they come. It can be hard to push through boredom and, and into uh, that space of creativity. Um, but there's also that recognition that not everything or the easy things in life aren't the things that challenge us and form us. It's the challenging and hard things in which we are formed. Um, so part of my encouragement for us um, as Christians who are engaging with this subject is to have this perseverance. Um, and it has been, one of the joys in doing this series has been talking to different families and just hearing the different ways in which you are already uh, working at this with the different, um, whether it's restrictions or rules that you have, um, and that these rules and restrictions are not just for the kids, uh, that it's for parents, it's for families, and uh, that these are designed not just to restrict us from something evil, uh, but to open us up to a, the life that is truly life. And with that note uh, for today, we're going to take a focus in on how technology can be a place where God is actually forming us, where our engagement can actually be something that is formative. And we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5 for that. So uh, before turning to God's word here, let's turn to God in prayer. Lord, we come to you here uh, with different um, amounts of trust towards you, different spaces in our faith journeys, uh, different amounts of knowledge about who you are and what is in your word. Um, and we pray that your spirit speaks to each person here, uh, that each person may encounter your truth through your word, um, whatever space they are in today. Uh, we pray this in your name. Amen. I'm going to start with uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, just to give some extra context uh, for our passage here. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, 
that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But among you, there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, this week, uh, I want to start with a bit of a different sort of practice. Um, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with something called the examine, uh, a space um, often done at the end of a day or the end of a week, uh, where we just take time to consider where God was present with us wherever we were. And actually, we've already had one time of silence here. We're going to have just some space as we start here uh, to do this practice of the examine together and to focus back on what our week was like. Uh, so this will just take a couple of minutes uh, to begin. I just want everyone to be relaxed, to be still. Uh, you can close your eyes if you need to. Uh, be in a comfortable posture. Take a moment to remember that you are in the presence of God, who rejoices that you come here now, no matter how distracted or forgetful that you have been. And as you think back to the week, focus on the things you are grateful for. Allow the week to gently surface. Try not to choose what you think you should be grateful for, but just see what emerges. What do you notice, even slightly? As you notice different parts of your week emerging, allow gratitude to take hold of you and express that to God, who at this moment is looking at you with great love. Invite the Holy Spirit to show you where God's presence has been in your life, either in those close to you, those around you. Remember the people that you met, the things that have happened. Who did you meet? Was there anything surprising? Was your week normal or unusual? What stands out to you?
Now you're invited also to dwell on whatever comes to mind. Ask yourself if you have a sense of God's leading you. Take time to give thanks to God working in you. If what has come to mind was a time where you feel like you fell short in loving God or those around you, express your sorrow to God and imagine how God responds to our sorrow. Amen. All right. So that, that was maybe a different sort of practice uh, for some of you and just a, a very quick version of it. Uh, the one that um, I had practiced as part of a, a course on technology um, was eight minutes long and involved some extra promptings and questions. Uh, but it's something that I think is really helpful for us to be aware of, a, a type of practice uh, that makes us acknowledge and be aware of how God can be working in and through us in our day-to-day -day things, in our everyday life. And there's particular techniques that can help us with this. So the, the daily examine, uh, there's lots of different uh, variations on it. I uh, have in our discussion questions the Pray As You Go app. Um, but really, it's, it's not really about the technique. It's not about how we do this. Um, we, there's probably a lot of us who kind of subconsciously already do something like this um, in our regular routines and, and in our prayers. Uh, the importance is that we do have time where we reflect and we think back to how God is guiding us, how God is present. I bring this practice up alongside our reading of a chap uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, because Ephesians chapter 5 is all about seeing God working in our day-to-day -day living. Uh, It comes in a space in Ephesians uh, that comes right before what's referred to as the household code. Uh, so if you read a little bit further along into Ephesians, you find Paul giving all this really practical advice, um, how spouses are to relate to each other, uh, how children are supposed to relate to their parents, um, even how the, the slaves of that day were to relate to their masters and masters towards their slaves. Um, he's giving these, this day-to-day, -day, throughout the week, types of advice, and it's rooted all on this earlier part in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, where their call is to be imitators of God, to, to follow Christ's example of love. And Paul gives this kind of advice because this, this type of advice, this type of living was part of and central to the Christian faith from the very beginning. Uh, that the power of Christianity wasn't about um, having really exciting Sunday morning gatherings. That, that wasn't the, the focal point. That wasn't what gave it power. Uh, it was centered in the ability to equip people into the everyday different spaces. It recognized that Christianity equipped people into extending God's presence in every space, the, the extraordinary places as well as the very ordinary or more mundane-seeming places. Uh, the particular section that we read this morning outlines the type of behavior that is fitting for people who have had this transforming experience 
of encountering God, of, of having the love of God shown to them. This section is aware of the impact that the Holy Spirit has in its guiding presence, much like we already had a bit of that awareness uh, this morning or that we were encouraged to in our prayer. Ephesians 5 verse 1, if we turn back here, it says this, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Uh, That first line right there gives that invitation where we are to be imitators of God. And that imitation points directly back towards Jesus. And, And not just Jesus, but the, specifically the way that Jesus showed his love. Uh, this reminds me just of a, a couple of weeks back uh, where we looked at uh, a time where Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? Uh, what is the, the central thing that we need to do um, to, to live as, as flourishing humans? And, and Jesus said that we need to love fully uh, bring that love fully towards God and towards others, that, that we love with all our heart and soul, mind and strength. And here that same call towards our love is given in imitation of Jesus. Jesus didn't just talk about our need to love, but he showed it in what he did. And our passage here kind of explains and, and opens up what it means to love uh, the, the next section, going into verse 3 to verse 7, where it s- gives some suggestions of things that we don't do, are also um, showing consistency of what it means to be people of love. Uh, so let's look at the list of things in that passage. It, it lists things like sexual immorality or greed or coarse language. Um, in verse 5, Paul names these things, um, especially right after greed. Uh, He talks about how um, the impure or greedy person, such a person is an idolater. Uh, He uses the language of idolatry there, which could be maybe a little surprising. Uh, This list of things we might just associate more readily with sins, Uh, that things that are just bad or things that are wrong to do. Uh, But Paul uses idolatry, which is heart language. This is language of where are we directing our worship? Which direction are we pointing our love? Is it it towards God or is it directing towards ourselves in our own greed or in the different decisions that we are making? Idolatry is acting in a way that no longer looks at the world as an opportunity uh, to worship God, that, that, that the creation is this gift through which we can bring our worship towards God. Instead, it sees the end as ourselves, that, that this creation here is just there for serving me. Uh, and that's where Paul comes with this list where things like greed can be considered idolatry. We become the end, the reason for doing anything, acting as ways that signal that, a, that we are the ultimate um, trust in ourselves. In contrast to that image of idolatry, 
We can look back to uh, verses 1 and 2 of that image of Jesus. Jesus is the one who loved us and gave himself as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Um, Jesus doesn't just give that command to love. He actually loves with his full self. This is the offering of himself unto death and showing this attitude of the opposite of idolatry, giving up of himself on behalf of the world in praise and glory to God as a fragrant offering. This is the the one in whom we are called to imitate. And the question that we probably have in the midst of that is, is how do we do this? Uh, This is a, a tall order. How do we bring ourselves into the imitation of the one who shows perfect love? Well, one hint is in that passage. Again, it says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. It, it, it gives that note that we do this as people who are already loved, as those uh, who have experienced that love of God. Uh, that Jesus dying on the cross, this was not just an example of love, but this was an act of love that sets us free from our sin. Because of his death on the cross, we are offered forgiveness for when we come before God in repentance. Regardless of the different things we have done, you get to take on the belovedness of Christ, that, that love that God has is for you. This is what allows us to do practices like the daily examine. Uh, this is what allows us to invite God um, into our um, imagination of our weeks and of our days because we know that this God that we seek is a God that is for us and one that loves us. That God is working in and through us in our weeks and that even in our failings, we can invite God to speak to us because we know that God speaks to us in grace. So we, we start as people who are loved and beloved. And then we can pass that on in our forgiveness to others. From the place as loved people, we are called to be imitators of Christ and being his witnesses in the world today. And this is the gospel good news that should make us eager for practices like this. It should make us eager uh, to see what God may be speaking to us through the Spirit. Um, One of the fruits of the examine is that it, it also helps to frame our imagination to see how God um, is equipping us for his mission. It helps us to be aware of the potential places for God's mission and kingdom breaking in. That this can be even in the, the more repetitive, the more day-to-day seeming type things. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I came across the, the daily examine uh, while taking a course on technology um, at Calvin Seminary. And we studied all sorts of different aspects on technology. Uh, we even watched a show on, on Netflix uh, called uh, The Social Dilemma. If you want to see maybe the impacts that social media has on, on how we think, you can check that out. 
But when it came down to the end of the course, we were left with this um, reflection. Uh, the, the professor on missions specifically guided us through the practice of the examine. Uh, but we had to do it with technology specifically in mind. Um, often when we do something like this, I'm not sure uh, what it was like for most of you, but maybe the times where you brought up your screens wasn't the first thing that came to mind. Uh, we think of other parts of our week that maybe might seem more important to us. Uh, we were invited to do this specifically with our technology in mind. We were to ask of ourselves, what websites did we visit? What games did we play? What searches did we use? What comments or images did we post? Um, even who was on my social media? Is it a place of diverse thoughts or, or simply a place of people who are sharing similar opinions to me? What was I feeling at the time and who was I with? And all of these questions, if God is interested in the ordinary, the, the everyday things and transforming us in the midst of it, is something that we should be able to ask and bring before God, trusting that God can be moving and active and showing me something and prompting us towards love in the midst of it. That even the spaces, our digital spaces that we inhabit, are spaces worthy of examine and spaces where we can be showing love. Uh, so... When I did the practice myself, as a, as a good student, uh, trying to work on these things, I found uh, a conviction. Uh, this conviction was that um, I was participating online mostly like a tourist. And by that, I mean a tourist that isn't really doing a good job in, in what they're doing. So one way that you can describe a, a tourist is someone that just goes from, from place to place, from site to site, you could say, uh, and just seeking novelty in those places. So you, can, you could contrast maybe a, a tourist with an, an immigrant, where a, an immigrant is one that travels out of necessity. They, they need to travel somewhere uh, for their livelihood, where a tourist is one that uh, travels to escape necessity. They, they, they have this uh, toil and their work, and they need to go somewhere else to escape that. And often they escape it through ways of consuming, uh, ways of finding kind of novelty and, and entertainment, things for their benefit. Um, in contrast to the image of the tourist it is the image of a pilgrim. Uh, the pilgrim is one who doesn't seek novelty from their environment or for their own entertainment, uh, but seeks to be transformed by what they encounter. They are the ones that are willing to travel, often on foot, to encounter something that is true and something that is good. And hopefully, in, in our own travels, when we actually go traveling somewhere, that, that we resemble this, this aspect of being pilgrims rather than simply uh, just tourists. Um, but I noticed as I was online uh, that, that my own behavior kind of resembled the tourist more than the pilgrim. Uh, that I was mostly just scrolling, trying to find the funny comment or the, the quick insight that I wanted. I could just scroll on, never really contributing, never really staying anywhere long enough to be formed. 
rarely engaging with materials that challenged me to grow or that reflected uh, diverse opinions that equipped me to be more uh, empathetic. And in the midst of this, I asked, well, came to the question of what, what practices could I actually do um, to become more like a pilgrim? And we talked about this as a class because this was something that was shared uh, with others. What sorts of things can we do? Would it take perhaps being more intentional with who we friend or unfriend, who we block and who we follow, ensuring that there actually is a diversity of viewpoints, actually encountering people different than us? Or, uh, as if that creates too toxic of a space for you, uh, what other things can you do? Uh, well, one of the things that I've looked at is um, looking at podcasts or more long-form articles, things that are uh, not just tweets and these short little things that don't um, require anything from you, to actually spend time um, intentionally on spaces that can form you and change you. I also uh, thought a little bit about the way in which I contributed, uh, what sorts of content we contribute when we are online. Uh, when doing the daily exam and we look at our, our digital spaces, uh, do we look at, are we, we're encouraged to look at how we imitate Christ, how we're called to imitate Christ throughout our days. Uh, this had me picturing uh, Philippians chapter 2, um, Philippians chapter 2 has this description of what it means to imitate Christ, and Paul states this, that imitation of Christ means doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, valuing others above yourself, looking into your own in- not into your own interest, but to the interest of others. Um, I think that type of imaging... Uh, that type of uh, following of Christ is maybe a, a hard thing to do in presenting ourselves o- online uh, because when, whenever we have this mediated space, whenever there's a screen, uh, we get to choose what goes on there. Um, and, and what we choose uh, doesn't always reflect that, that humility and that posture that we're called to have as Christians. Uh, it's a really difficult thing to, to find that balance where we're not uh, just showing only the perfect and the pristine things. We're also not oversharing and uh, doing too much on the other side either. But, but what is it to actually try to present ourselves in, in our posturing um, online in a way that models that humility of Christ? How can we show Christian virtues and values in our digital spaces um, outside of just um, overtly just like having Bible verses as our posts and all of that, but actually in the, the content, in the posture that we have in what we provide. It's, it's in this way, I think, that, that we can be um, broadening our, our perspective of what does it mean to be uh, missional people and can our digital spaces also be spaces of mission? Uh, often, I think the opposite happens as well, um, where we, in our posturing in social media, uh, damages our witness. In a world that seems uh, dominated 
by posting content that's sensationalist or, or very polarized? Uh, do we have a way of engaging or not engaging in a way that models Christian maturity? Uh, the challenge that I want to present for each person is to just think of what a digital examine can look like. What would it look like to take uh, time to reflect on a day or a week of digital engagement and consider, is there a way to present yourself that, that reflects your role as an image bearer? Looking at anything throughout your week, did you engage in a way that where you expected to be challenged and formed in a meaningful way? Did you have an opportunity to listen to a voice different from yours and allow that information to challenge you, not just something that you were to fight over, but where you could hear another person? Where are your feeds often catered towards reinforcing the same opinions that you already have? Also, in the time of examine, there is that space to see that perhaps we have failed in our imitation of Christ. Now, turning back to the Ephesians passage, we look at the different categories of failure of imitation of Christ. It gives sexual immorality, greed, coarse language, and those things aren't too challenging, I think, for us to translate into our digital spaces. Uh, sexual immorality can be seen in pornography, uh, where we use our devices to cater to our own desires. Uh, this is that form of idolatry, where we treat our own desires as the end, regardless of its cost towards others or towards ourselves. Or, or perhaps it can be in greed, where all of our time online can be spent shopping or looking for good deals, where we just look inwardly and shape ourselves as consumers. Uh, this type of formation maybe is overlooked and maybe seen not quite as serious as the one mentioned right before, but it comes along in that same list. Or it can be in the coarse language, the foolish talk, through our commenting, through our texting, through our responding or not responding. Uh, the language that we use is also important. Uh, whatever the case, if you do this reflection, uh, you're also invited to bring whatever is on your heart and to hear what God says in response, knowing that God meets us with grace. You know, the hope is that when we do this well, when we inhabit these spaces well, uh, we can end up contributing content that is thoughtful and caring, shows that we have listened to others, where we can show love in humility, where we can allow ourselves to be formed by the different challenges, uh, when we don't simply engage like tourists, just seeking novelty, uh, but actually um, expect to be formed and challenged in the things that we come across that maybe we can start to see some of these spaces as not just places where we put our restrictions and where we need to um, limit, but actually spaces where we also are encouraged uh, to grow as faithful followers of Christ. Can these also be spaces 
where we are invited into God's great redemptive plan where he can go into every square inch, every square centimeter, um, every place where sin is also. Uh, So to finish, my final challenge here is are we open to God working and challenging us through how we work with our devices? recognizing that this is part of our lives where we can be formed? Can we be exploring how God may be prompting us and correcting us and guiding us in each and every part of our lives? Let's pray. Dear Lord, be our guide as we look at our days and reflect on our weeks, may we delight in the goodness that you have shown us and the love that you have given us. As we grow in who we are in you, may we be imitators of you wherever we are, whether at home or at work, through our texting, our emails, our searching on the web, all of the places you continue to form us into being people of love. We thank you that we can do this as people who are loved first by you. Teach us to be wise when it comes to technology. In an ever-changing world, give us courage and strength and perseverance to navigate this new world well. We pray for forgiveness in the places where we fail in imitating you well and the ability to see your grace and your love as we turn to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.